Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are in the studio with Francesca Micah Wegner of Hispanic Professionals of Greater Milwaukee. Francesca, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. Well, we are so happy to have you, and I'm just very excited to host you today to hear more about your work as President and Chief Possibilities Officer for HPGM. And HPGM holds as its mission to increase representation and economic opportunities for Hispanics and Latinos in Wisconsin. Talk to us about HPGM and why Chief Possibilities Officer is the right title. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Becky, for having me today. So excited to be here with you all. I really, before I get into the answer about HPGM and my title, I want to take a step back and kind of ground us in why I'm here. And I talk a lot about this when I'm giving talks about my journey, that I really shouldn't be here. When I was 16 years old, I almost died. And truth be told, I was almost killed. And that very day, I was changed forever. And it is truly why I am here with you today, Becky, and your listeners, because you see that day completely changed the trajectory of my life, both personally and professionally. So bringing it back to my title, how does that relate? My title reflects my outlook on life today and the mindset shift that we are cultivating at HPGM for and with our members, the possibilities in life are truly endless and we need to take more time to explore, create, dream. I think a lot about how my very existence came from the imagination of my ancestors and that the act of dreaming about what's possible and thinking about possibilities isn't frivolous. And it's actually very vital and necessary for all of us. I truly believe that you can't be successful without knowing who you are, what you stand for, and why. And those are all of the things that we are doing at HPGM. Yes, we do workforce and economic development work. But at the heart of what we're doing is really ensuring that the people we serve in our Latino community in Wisconsin, everyone has choices. So, Francesca, thank you for sharing so openly and candidly with us. That is a very vulnerable position you put yourself in. And I I want to thank you, first of all, for doing so, because you do have quite a story. And I would imagine that that has influenced your leadership. How so? Oh, my gosh, Becky, it's a big question. I, you know, I think when I think about leadership, I really even think back to my role as the firstborn daughter of a Peruvian immigrant. Leadership starts very early. Growing up primarily around women, growing up in an environment of violence, really, number one, made it so that I had to grow up very quickly and have a lot of responsibility, learn how to stay calm under pressure, learn how to make decisions, even if I didn't have all the information. 
And I think one of the most impactful leadership traits that my childhood and my upbringing taught me was really how to read people. When you're growing up in an environment where there's a lot of instability, there's a lot of volatility, you really learn how to be incredibly perceptive. And that has really served me well in my leadership journey, not only to understand people, but I think my innate curiosity also woven into that has helped me be the kind of leader that really does listen, not just to respond, but to really understand, to know somebody's story. One of the pieces of feedback that I often hear that makes me feel really good is that I remember your children's names or your dog's name or the trip that you went on because I care about you as a person and as a colleague or a leader in the community. So you have worked in multiple sectors. You've worked in professional sports. You've worked in higher education. You and I actually share that. You worked at Marquette University, and so did I. You are also a double alumna of Marquette University, a place you and I both love a lot. But I digress. Uh, you also, Francesca, have worked at Human Services, and now you're in economic and workforce development. How is it, why is it that being able to be curious, reading people, being perceptive, how has that helped you succeed in all of those different capacities? I think that being a curious person has helped me succeed because it has kept me open-minded and helped keep me grounded in being a lifelong learner. I don't pretend to know all the answers. I've changed industries, careers, roles within those industries many times, but that curiosity and that desire to learn and grow from that has always been such an asset. I think sometimes people tend to be scared about taking a risk or trying something new because they're not going to be good at it. But the reality is the first time you cook a recipe, it's probably going to be bad mm. or at least not perfect, right? Mm -hmm. The first time you do anything isn't going to be good. But the way I view it is that means there's an opportunity to try again and again and again and either find out that something is for me or not for me. And I always say no is the second best answer. Mm. I love that. And one thing I know to be true of you, because I have seen you, I have known you both personally and professionally, but you are absolutely known in this city as a person who can build relationships. And I'm talking again across multiple organizations, across many different types of people. And you really take to heart championing spaces where people can bring their whole selves to their work so they feel valued. Why is that important? Becky, I've been told I'm not brown enough. Mm. I've been one of two or three people of color in a department of 150 people. I've also had people say, wow, Spanish was your first language? You don't even have an accent. Or you don't look Peruvian. What percentage are you actually? My whole life has been in, there's a phrase in Spanish, ni de aquí, ni de allá, neither from here nor there. Mm. That has been the story of my identity struggle my whole life, certainly culturally, but also in many other ways. There's a James Clear quote that often calls to me when I talk about belonging, and it says, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. Mm. And so to me, the reason 
creating these spaces where people feel like they belong is because DEI goals are nice and well-intentioned and all the things, but transformation can only happen when we challenge and change the systems that aren't working for many, many people. So frankly, we don't have time (laughs) to Mm. keep waiting for others to prioritize the liberation of the overlooked and the underestimated and systemically excluded. You know, we are the ones that we've been waiting for to do that work. So it's important for me to play an active role in making that change and helping to give space and voice to those who are already reimagining their own stories as Latinos in Wisconsin and together, you know, really working to change the narrative about who we are and what opportunities should exist for our people. I love that you mentioned changing the narrative. And, you know, from a demographic standpoint, Hispanics and Latinos are the fastest growing racial and ethnic minority populations in Wisconsin. In fact, a recent stat I saw from the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates that Hispanic Americans will account for about 78 percent, 78 percent of new national workers in this decade. That is really an incredible figure. And HPGM was recently given a gift from Bader Philanthropies. What's the plan for that gift? What will it allow you and the HPGM team to do? Well, first of all, I always have to start with gratitude. So grateful for Bader Philanthropies and the trust and leadership that they're showing with this type of gift. It's the largest gift that the organization in our 23-year history has ever received. And I think it's a big testament to the legacy and the history that the organization has in the community and really is going to allow us to execute on our new strategic plan that we launched in 2022. The big goal of this plan is to directly impact economic opportunities and effective representation for Hispanics by supporting the elimination of many of those barriers to high-earning careers and higher education. I think we all at this point kind of know what some of those are, but I think the importance of this particular gift is that it will allow us to scale what we're already doing because we know that we are just scratching the surface of what's needed. You know, we serve a little over 3,000 Latinos and Hispanics, including employer partners, every year. But think about what we could do if we could continue to scale that impact. And really for us, it's focusing on a few key areas, systems and infrastructure, financial sustainability, and strategic partnerships and programming. So we are really confident that this intentional approach will help us sustain, grow, and deepen our impact in our community in a way that truly honors our legacy and is going to, in my opinion, come out on the other end with a stronger Wisconsin, not just for Latinos, but really for our state as a whole. Right, because we know when you empower one person, you empower a larger group, you empower a larger community. And speaking of empowerment, I also know about HPGM that you have substantially increased membership under your leadership. Why do you think people are attracted to the mission of HPGM? One of the first things that we did at HPGM when I started, so I started in April of 2021, and just a few months later in August, I said, let's have a summit. (laughs) 
we were coming no out of time like the present. <laughs> we were coming out of the pandemic, and what I was feeling just in talking one on one to our members was the sense of really missing that togetherness, and also a little bit of uncertainty of how to move forward. If we can think back to 2021, mm-hmm. the summer of 2021, and so we started this summit, and we called it Adelante Juntos. So that phrase was a phrase commonly used, and I believe the name of her book, of Maria Monreal Cameron, was a leader, an incredible leader in the community from the Hispanic Chamber. And in starting that summit, one of the sessions I absolutely wanted to have was a listening session. What is it that we need? I am here to serve the people who are part of our HPGM community, not tell you what you Mm -hmm. need. And coming out of that, what I continued to hear was the... Number one, the need to feel like they belong. So we had been serving thousands of Latinos every year, yet there were people who didn't feel like they belonged at HPGM for one reason or another, not to any fault of the organization, but it just the nature of how communities build and grow. So that was really important to me to say professional to us means If you aspire to have a career or you have a career, you are a professional. It's not tied to a specific industry or job. You don't have to work at a bank or a law firm. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be a yoga teacher. You can be a an artist, right? There is space for everyone. And I think really starting from that place of welcoming and even more inclusion has allowed more people to feel like they belong and that they too, no matter what industry they're in, can benefit from growing into their leadership. So one of the things you did lift and you just did again was that sense of belonging. And I know you talk to a lot of students. In fact, there are a lot of students who are members of HPGM student chapters, and you're known for championing students and others. And you like to tell people and you want to ensure that they have choices. So you want people to have choices so they can reach their fullest potential, including students. And there's a quote attributed to you. (laughs) And you were talking to a student and you said, I want you to win. Why? Why is this advocacy work around winning, around belonging? Why is it important? None of us get to where we are or achieve what we do all on our own. I'm still waiting for for someone to show me an example of someone who had no help. You know, and I've had been really blessed and have had beautiful people in my life who have nurtured me and helped me succeed. You know, my mother, my sister, my godfather, mentors, teachers, countless people. Maybe not as many as some people in the business world and other business leaders who've had those built-in connections and networks. But as I said, that's what we're working to improve for our community. You asked why advocacy is so important. Author Ashley C. Ford talks about the privilege on of being on the other side of giving, meaning I am now in a position where I, yes, I still ask for help and support, but now I'm able to lend my social capital and my connections and not my network to help others succeed. And honestly, Becky, it is the best feeling. And this doesn't just apply to students. It really does apply to everyone. We all have gifts and talents that we can share with others that maybe others need in order for them to take their next step and vice versa. And I really think it's all about having an abundance mindset. It's not an either or conversation. And 
we can all rise and be successful while also supporting and uplifting others. And this is a quality I very much value as I have built my circle of, I call them my people here in Milwaukee. We all speak each other's names in rooms of opportunities. And it's a really cool thing. I love the abundance mindset. That's really a wonderful way to think about it, especially as you are working to empower others and, and some who maybe don't need as much empowerment or support right now. I think as you lifted, all of us need it at some point in our lives. And again, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody who hasn't. So <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that. Speaking of abundance and what's on the horizon, what's HPGM doing? Talk to us about what's going on. And what about you? your work in your life outside HPGM? So as I mentioned, we're continuing to execute on this strategic plan. Our team has grown to four people now. We are four team members strong with lots of freelancers and other support, you know, board members and committee members. But we really are being patient to put in place the systems and infrastructure, financial sustainability, and that whole model to ensure that HPGM can continue to transform lives. Over the next 23 years, Mm -hmm. two projects I'm very excited about over the next couple of years are, number one, finding a new permanent home for HPGM. So a really community-facing, activated space that can be a hub of convening and connecting for not only our members, but hopefully the larger Latino community. And secondly, launching a Latino leadership program Mm -hmm. that is really going to cement our legacy in the region and also be a place where we can really focus as a state on growing the talent that's here and ensuring that so many Latinos that have so much potential and talents and gifts can really flourish. And, you know, quite frankly, I think it's been really clear over the last several years that we are in a leadership crisis and we need to make sure that we have leaders that are representing all of the important voices in our community. So this is going to be a place where HPGM can be one part of making that happen. So more to come there. And you also asked about what's next for me. So, you know, I I appreciate you asking me that, you know, HPGM is is incredible and takes up a lot of my time in the best way. But as I enter into this next phase of my life, I am really taking more time to focus on me. You know, I mentioned being the firstborn daughter of a Latina immigrant and sometimes culturally in Peruvian households, right? It's very much about taking care of each other or taking care of all the other things in your life. And so I, I've really tried to focus, even though it's not easy and not always my first instinct, but we're we're here on earth for such a short time. And so what a shame to not really make time for more joy and more creativity, more time for family and books and puppies, of course. I have two dogs at home. So all of those things are really a priority for me right now. So if you don't see me out at as many events as I'm usually at or other things, it's not because I don't want to be there, but it's because I know that I deserve this too. One of my passion projects that I'm also really excited about, fingers crossed, all goes well this fall, is one that my sister Gabriella and I have been dreaming and manifesting for a very long time, for years We will be launching an apparel brand at the end of this year. And I have just have to say that 
this last year working with Gabriella on bringing this to life, I'm just so lucky to be able to build this dream with my best friend and my sister and really bring this to our community and our region. And hopefully it'll be fabulous and everyone will be walking around in Midwest Latina gear very soon. Well, that's incredibly exciting. Tell us more. Sure. So when we think about representation outside of the workplace and just things like media or literature or really anything else you can imagine in your life, one of the things that my sister and I have always talked about is feeling like our perspective isn't necessarily represented. When you think about Latinas on the East Coast, you maybe have a picture of that Boricua. Not saying that everyone is the same, but you can imagine, right? Or on the West Coast or the Miami Latina. But who is the Midwest Latina? And that is why we really wanted to come together and build this brand, not only because of our love of fashion and as a way to express our creativity, but also as a way, I should say, and also as a way to share stories, to bring something to our community that is not only classic and cool to wear, but is also a one of a kind Midwest Latina look that whether you are a Midwest Latina, you love a Midwest Latina, or you just want to wear really cool clothes, like this brand is for you. Well, more to come on that exciting endeavor. We will all be watching and can't wait to hear more and help you spread that word. So Francesca, I'd like to thank you today for coming in. It was so wonderful to talk to you. I know I'm I'm happy for you that you are willing to love yourself enough that you are going to slow down a little bit. You heard it here, hold though. Me to it. <laughs> I will. We will hold you to it. Although I know you will still be all over Milwaukee, you know, delivering the impact that you are known for. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks for listening to Leadership Is in Session. Powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis. Available wherever you get your podcasts.